Hi, welcome back to The Gopher, guys. This is James DePoint. I'm joined with my good buddy here, Pete Carlson. The show is brought to you today by Rock Solid Financials. Reach out to them with all your tax, bookkeeping, and accounting needs. You can find them on the World Wide Web at rocksolidfinancials.com. Pete, are you are you still a Gopher fan after these two? Are you still with us? Or are you are you, are you bailing? Or, can we talk about football? No, no we are uh, talking basketball, basketball today. Day. It is all basketball for the podcast today. So, well, so I, bury the football right now. Yeah, we're I mean, in basketball it, mode. Basketball. All right. Well, uh, we didn't play Cleveland State no. this last week, and no, we didn't. Um, like we said, kind of the previous podcast, we're going to learn a lot about the team playing. Uh, against Oklahoma at a neutral site in Sioux Falls and at Butler. And I think we learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Oh, let's start with Oklahoma. What, what do you think? Yeah, so that? we were for Sioux Falls, right? Sioux, so yeah. the crowd was actually well well gopher-sided there. If you, I wasn't there, but you yeah. can see in the crowd. And yeah, there's, it, there's, it was definitely a gopher side. It was, uh, you know, what, four or five-hour drive, I guess, from yeah. Twin Cities. Yep. Uh, 3,500 people there. It's kind of an interesting little arena. I don't mm-hmm. know what the, the day job of that arena is, but Samford. Pentagon, who is the the big one of a a big donor for the Gophers, still could have been a really big uh, donor back in the day. If yep. you remember that story, um, kind of a buzzkill game because that was Penn State day. So as a yep. Gopher fan, know. you know you wa- the expectations were high. So, uh, but the thoughts on the basketball game? I mean, Gophers are up thirty two twenty six a half. Um, you know, pretty solid half. Oklahoma did not shoot very well in the first half, so that was part of it. Um, but the big thing I saw is we saw more of the same uh, uh, starting five, uh, including uh, Alihan Demir at the number five spot. Can we pause for that for a <laughs> sec? I don't mean to interrupt your flow, yeah. but Alihan Demir, 26 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. He's still starting. All right, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep talking from there. I'll pretend I won't even address that right now. Okay, yeah. 26 minutes in 26 minutes, Peter. Yeah. Two of four from the field. So he, he shot the ball four times in 26 minutes, which, okay, that's great. So now you're thinking he must be out there for some other reason, right? <laughs> he, he's got to be. There's a reason why he's out there, right? He's got to be a laser shoot. No, he shot one three. No, okay, it's not that. Assist. Let's go to assist. Oh, he must be a great passer. He's got zero assists, Peter. Let's go to, oh, he's got to be a, a rebounder. He had three rebounds. Why is he out there for 26 minutes? Well, it could have, well, maybe it was for his three turnovers. He had a lot of good turnovers. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, wait, it must be his block shots. Zero block shots, zero steals. Tell tell me why he deserves 26 minutes. Or do we just have no one else? Well, I think we have no one else. I think uh, we got another Brock Stoll in in works here. Remember, he grad transferred last year. He's never not, saw he's the not floor. Brought, he, okay. Well, I'm well, I'm just, I'm going to compare it from as another grad transfer. Yes, that came to the program when we thought there could be some production there. Yes, I'm extremely concerned about his production. Okay, so coming towards your side. Okay, I think we'll talk more about in the Butler. He had 21 minutes in Butler, and we'll talk. I have a point to make on that, and it involves Demir. So, but I'll wait till the Butler game. But you're right. He looks slow. Yes. Um, he is slow. He doesn't look slow. He is slow. <laughs> yeah. He's sl- Yeah, I think it, it. this might be a big miss. I want to give him more time, but I get why he was in there because there was no one else ready. I mean, who are you going to put in there? Hurt? Um, uh, yeah, Omersa? that's right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you – Oh, Mercer had six minutes. I know. Six minutes? I think he's – I think Demir is a safe bet. And Wait, So are you saying Patino's given up on Omerza already? No, I mean, I mean no, that's no, no, making no. a statement. Six yeah. minutes he yeah. only gave. No, 
I, you're right. I that was my main point in the uh, the getting to the Butler game. Just jumping in a little bit here. Omer said 19 minutes, and yep. uh, Demir had 21. Okay, so so maybe I think Omer, I think Omersa is going to be the guy. Um, he got rain, He got yanked like two minutes into the Butler game. Uh, Demir. Yep. And Omersa came in for him, and I think it's because yes, Demir's effort. And yeah. Omersa came in and played really well. That was one of my yep. highlights for the. For the Bulldog game, the uh, or the Butler game, yeah, yep. Bulldog game. So, um, yeah, getting back to uh, Oklahoma though, um, kind of a disappointing game because they didn't shoot well from three point land. Yes, Alihan Demir was in the starting lineup. Uh, Trey Williams and and Hurt were the first two guys off the bench. I mean, Patino really only played seven players. Yep. Uh, and Armersa is that eighth guy. No one else had minutes. Um, but McGover shot twenty five percent from the three point line. Shot thirty two threes. Um, so the you know, they shot double the amount of threes Oklahoma did. And if they shoot that poorly, they're not going to win a lot of games. They were four, four and a half point underdogs. Um, and I think that it's going to be a situation where if they don't shoot, if they don't shoot well, they're, they're kind of doomed. They live or yep. die by the three right now. Yep. Um, so that was kind of my initial thought on Oklahoma. We just let that one get away in the second half. We got scored 15 points by 15 points in the second half and Oklahoma shot better and, and we did not. And I think that was the difference. So you think, so you think this is a Patino thing where we don't have the personnel to fit his philosophy? Because remember when we talked about the Cleveland state game that, his mm-hmm. we can see his philosophy was hey we're chucking up the threes do we not have the personnel to be live you know it's it's one thing like Duke we've seen the Duke teams the last fifteen yeah. years they live and die by the three but they also have five star recruit sharpshooters that are putting yep. these up yep. not not that we you know have a bunch of you know reg tag whatever players out there but still do we have the personnel to be chucking up thirty two threes and expect that we're gonna make forty percent of those. No, and I think they're bad threes they're taking. I mean, I think the flow of the offense. So I think those shooters, I think uh, Gabe, uh, Carr, and Willis can be uh, great three-point shooters. Um, and even, I agree. you know, Daniel Oturu was knocking in the few in the Butler game. Yeah. And uh, Oturu, I think Oturu can be a, a lower uh, presence, but there's really no one to come in uh, to assist him. Um, and we saw in the second game, Butler game, Jarvis actually worked pretty well with Oturu. Yeah. So I think we can go back to that game if those if Omersa can step up, but he's the yep. only guy that can do it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's gonna be casting threes. And the worry I have is they're just not good threes. They're forcing them. I know. And you can't just stand around and you have to have it in the flow of the offense. So those yep. guys, when they move it in, in in rotation, I think they're very good. I just think they're taking bad shots. I see a lot of bad shots. Yeah. And Gabe has not had a great game yet, quite no. honestly, which is something I'm not concerned about. But he, he's You're not a, concerned well, about Well, meaning I think he'll get it together. I have confidence he'll get together. Um, but yes, we, we said that before. Gabe, I, know we're only, yeah. I know we're only talking about two yeah. games in right yeah. now. No, I think I, I, I trust he'll be fine. And, and Willis is the one that chucks up the most shots. And I he know. makes a lot of them. But he was 4 for 12 for the Oklahoma game. Uh, Gabe was 2 for 8. Marcus was 1, through, one for 6. I mean... That's not going to end well if that's, that's our philosophy. And I think we don't, to answer your question, we don't have the personnel to do much else this year, yep. um, I don't think. Yeah, well, if we look at Gabe's number, so he's two for eight from three, which, you know, it's 25%. It's not great, but it's not horrendous by any means. Yeah. But then he goes three for 11 total. Like, what are, what are his shots that, mm-hmm. so that puts him at one, one for, you know, three of the rest. Of, I mean, we got to figure out a way for him to, Get some 
easy buckets just to get him yeah. just to get him going. You know, yeah. whether it's I don't I don't think he necessarily needs to always be chucking up threes as his entire game. He's got to be able to pump fake that three and get to the lane and and get a layup or whatever it is, find a mid range game. But I don't think he's a good enough and. Yeah, I'm careful with my words here. He's a great three point shooter, but I don't think he's good enough to be like, hey, my only game that I'm going to do is the three. I'm not even gonna look to pump fake and drive. I'm not even gonna look to yep. get off anything mid range. Like, I I think he needs to start getting that over in his head that he needs to turn the page and start becoming a more complete player, or else. I, I don't know where we're going to find more points. We, we look at Oturo here, 7-12, he's been outstanding. Yeah. I mean, it, we oh, can't we yeah. can't complain about him. He's been our most most consistent player yeah. far and away, right? So we can't complain about him. The thing I worry about him, and this is kind of transitioning into the um, Butler game, and you can interrupt me back if you want to come well, back well, to Oklahoma. One more thing on yeah. the Oklahoma game, and then we'll transfer yeah. to Butler, because I think Butler is the more important one to analyze. Yep. Uh, yeah, Mark, I, I, you know, I think in the Oklahoma game, you saw I Mark. Marcus Carr could be special. He, yes. I think he was special. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, yep. um, 2 steals. He That was a pretty good game for him. You could kind yep. of see his upside potential. He, I don't think he's super fast, but he just he's kind of crafty, smart. smart. Um, I think he didn't have a great game uh, at Butler. But I will say Oklahoma, I, I think I saw what he, why he's so special and why Patino was so high on him. Um, and how he can create a little bit. And I think this is seven new people playing together, and they're finding their way. So I'm trying not to panic, but this is what's tough about not having a bunch of cupcakes early. Yes. Uh, you know, I guess I'll fig- have to figure out stuff quickly, but uh, both of them, they were underdogs. Uh, Oklahoma was four-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. Butler was eight-point favorites. So we weren't expecting to win these games, but didn't want to see the losses in the in the way they lost in both of them. So, But getting back to what you were saying, what do you think about Butler then? Yeah, um, so so let, let's follow with I, I was saying yeah. for Oturo, like yeah. for Butler as well, he was outstanding at Butler, right? I mean, yeah, uh, but the he was nine to thirteen from the field. I mean, they're they're two or two from three point. I mean, four or five from free throws, twenty four points, ten rebounds, uh, three blocks. Still has those four turnovers. Still led the team with turnovers. We need to get that figured out. Stop mm-hmm. putting the ball on the ground. Um, just turn and face and and go from there. He's uh, never happy when he has a turnover though. He he never in his mind he never makes a turnover. Yes. He's a little bit of a emotional guy and likes to. He always takes issue with it, which I think you know it is what it is. Yes. But. No. I I get it. he's passionate. I'd rather have yeah. him show it than than keep it in. But that's right. If we look at minutes just for a day, you know, if we see him as our key guy, he he went thirty four minutes against Oklahoma, which is you know it is what it is, and then a couple nights later, now we go to Butler. He's playing big guy. He's playing thirty eight minutes. Oh, goodness, I, I mean thirty eight minutes for a big guy. That's different than your point guard. I realize Willis. He played the entire game. Didn't leave the floor. He played forty minutes. Right. He played the entire game. But if we're gonna ask Daniel Aturu to start playing upwards of thirty five minutes per game every game, that is absolutely not realistic in the long haul. Especially when we start getting down to mm-hmm. you know the meat of the schedule when we get to the Big Ten and all that stuff. There's no way he's going to be able to do that twice a week. Um, you know, bumps and bruises and whatever else. That That's just... I, I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, so yeah. On, on this, yeah. where are we going to find a player like that? Is that from Isaiah Enan? We're going to hopefully see that? Or where are we going to find consistent scoring? Yeah, you're spot on. I mean... It, 
he cannot I'm surprised he played 38 minutes I didn't I didn't realize that when I was watching the game I knew he was in there a lot he had a fantastic game I mean he was the yes. star of that game uh but everyone else was awful quite yes. honestly and you're right he gets tired out easily he he shows it and big guys in general just can't go that long so who else you're gonna get it from it's got to be Omersa yep. um and I liked what I saw from Omersa at Butler I saw pretty confident kid athleticism I mean he got I think he picked up yeah he followed out he had five fouls. He got picked up a lot of fouls early. Uh, Trey Williams had four fouls. Carr had four. Trey Williams had four fouls in, in 12, minutes. 12 minutes. Well, in, in Four Amersa, fouls in 12 minutes. How does that – I mean – That's not good. And um, he and Amersa had five in 19. So I think that the – you know, Jarvis has to learn how to play the game a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I liked what I saw from him. Him and Oturu actually played pretty well together. Yeah. And he's got to be the guy that's got to – bang down there and give you a break from Oturo because like you said Demir seems pretty soft and slow and unless it's you know we'll see if tonight if Isaiah Enan um, can produce some of that spark off the bench or that support because we're in trouble with the depth with the big position if Omersa doesn't come through big or Enan doesn't come in. Yep a couple things one and you're gonna have to taper me here, because yeah. if if I go off the handle, you'll have to bring me back. But we're gonna go back to Demir again. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Twenty one minutes. Okay. I'm sorry. Twenty one minutes. Right. And you're thinking, gosh, all right, what did I get out of him for twenty one minutes? <laughs> go ahead and read. Field goals. Okay. He went zero for five. Pete. Zero for five. Okay. We go back again. Pulled down three rebounds. He was. Right? Yeah. Three yeah. rebounds in twenty one minutes on the floor. Okay. No blocks. No assists. He did get one steal. He's two for two and he from fouled, the line. It, two, two for, for two. two. Congratulations. <laughs> and he had three falls. So my point is, and he's only a one-year guy, right? He's a grad transfer. Yeah, so we get one year out of him. Tell me why on earth we are even investing this amount of time in this kid. And maybe it's just the simple fact that because we're waiting for Isaiah Enan, and if that's your answer, I'm totally okay with that. But if Isaiah Enan comes in, and he's remember, he's our four-star recruit, our number one guy in the 2019 class, supposed yeah. to be a stud. If Demir is getting minutes like this, meaningful minutes over Enan, that would be a colossal disaster. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what would we be doing? I, I can't imagine in the first three games, now I'm jumping to it, I can't imagine Patino sees anything in him that's like, oh, he's for sure our answer this year. Yeah, and he was trying. Am to, I wrong? No, you. I. I. I think it's early, but these are two pretty good games to watch and see what you got. Mm-hmm. And I don't even see. You know, there's there's sloppiness. I mean, the team had 18 turnovers. I mean, they've been a sloppy team, which yep. is, is unfortunate compared to nine turnovers by yeah. Butler. Correct. I mean, that's nine possessions right there. That... Exactly. You can't do that. And and of course, the shooting was awful. Right. Twenty six percent from three point line for um, against Butler and thirty three percent from the field. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. Now it was a tight. You could tell. I mean, it's two good teams really playing good defense. So I knew you knew the. I mean, there's a little bit more to the story than the numbers there. I mean, it was tough defense, but Demir was trying to force the issue too, which was really hard to watch because he was trying to create. And you could, I think, he kind of knows people like you are getting on for production. So he he's, he's, he should know. I'm not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Uh, so I think you're right. I think we're we're in trouble. And Isaiah Enan don't know much about him. Yet, hope to see him soon and see what we got there. He is a big guy, but I think he likes playing outside a little bit, which is what Demir likes to play. Um, so Demir, Where we find, why can't we find some big guys that want? Like well, I would Sam, love to find. I thought the, Sam Freeman would be the guy, but he hasn't touched the floor yet. He looks at least got the weight and the strength to maybe 
bang a little bit. But so Sam Freeman literally, he still correct me if I'm wrong. He still never got out no. on either game. Correct. Correct. He never stepped on floor. All, all so three games. We got to look in that. I'm sure there's got to be a backstory to Patino not liking him. But yeah, he's um, in the We need a guy Maybe for recruiting. Maybe he's holding back to say, you know, Dawson Garcia is a big guy, right? Oh, four or five. Oh, that could be. Hey, you know, we, that's we have pure a, speculation, viewers. But yes. that could be. Remember, well, remember, he got Isaiah Washington. You know, instead of playing him, he got him. Didn't play him at all to make him so upset that he would transfer so that he could free up a scholarship. Correct. Right? And that's unfortunately what you kind of have to do. If you know he's not going to be a fit, you have to unfortunately make him really upset by not playing him so that he's so unhappy that he transfers. You know what I mean? I'm, and that, I'm and that's it. sad. Yeah. I mean, and, it's and unfortunate, the, and but and that's kind of how it works. And the single, the new recruits, like, uh, you're going to be our guy early yes. next year because look at what we have here. I I think if, if, if Freeman can't get minutes with the way Demir has played and the big guys have played – that's problematic because you think yes. you throw them out there for something. So yes. I think there's something going on there. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was a tough loss. I mean, it was going to be a tough, uh, you know, road victory if they pulled it off. It had been incredible and it was close most of the game. Uh, but there's a lot of rust in this team and a lot of, um, you know, they're a little inconsistent with how they move the ball and how they play on offense has been pretty hard to watch. Defensively, they've done pretty good, I feel like. I, I'm happy their defense, but um, they got a lot of work of where this production comes from here. Yep. Another thing to note on that Marcus Carr uh, only had 29 minutes, and I say only 29 because yep. your, your true point guard finds a way. He's the guy that should be playing 38 minutes or even, you know, Peyton Willis, he played 40. That's Those are numbers that you see out of your point guard where, yep. hey, it's like, you know what, you're – you're captain. You're the quarterback out there. You're gonna play the whole game, and you just learn how to pace yourself. That's just what it is. But he's fallen too darn much. So we have he had four yeah, fouls. Foul he, had, most of the game. he had three fouls in the uh, in the Oklahoma game. So he's got to play smart. He's got to know that he is needed out there. And when mm-hmm. he doesn't go, I don't think we go. You know what I mean? And so um, he needs to figure out a way to play defense without falling. That's a big difference. You got to be able to play. Our defense, but figure out how not to fall. Don't don't get the dumb dumb falls there. He also shot one of ten. One of ten as our point guard. That I mean that just simply simply can't happen. We only lost by eight even with our point guard shooting one of ten. But mm-hmm. you know, if we if we want to expect to do anything in your what do you say in the first podcast, you want you want us to be what top top seven? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Top, or Successful top, season. Or top, or top ten in the yeah. big ten. Um, be successful season. We're not going to be on track for that if numbers like that uh, continue. He he's got to be able to put up ten, twelve points a game and uh, and stay on the floor thirty five plus minutes for us to be successful. Yeah, if you take out Oturo's, uh shooting, I didn't I didn't take it out and redo the numbers, but uh, we were thirty three percent overall as a team and from the field and twenty six from three point line. Uh, Oturo was nine for thirteen from the field, like you said, and two for two from the three point line. Um, so I mean, take he, it, yeah, take his n- numbers out and run, run yeah, the numbers and, he, over. and he's got an amazing, we talked about his soft touch and his shot is fun to watch. And, uh, he is exceeding expectations this year. Uh, but he's going to need some help from that, you know, that backcourt I've expected more out of, and they've under underwhelmed in these two games for sure. I just, I think they live or die by the three, their ball movements, not great. And I think they need to start syncing up sooner than later because it, you know, even to make uh, Omersa more valuable or a Demir, 
it needs to be they need to have easy buckets and it comes through the ball rotation those those the backcourt I feel like so what do you think the differentiation between Michael Hurt and minutes played between hmm. Oklahoma he was he was on the floor yeah. 13 minutes in the Oklahoma game he was only on the floor for two minutes in the Butler game I know I have my thoughts but I'm curious uh, for you if he has with that he his he's a liability on defense yeah and Butler was a very athletic team yep one to five yep and that's my thought and so, same with Demir I think that's why Demir got pulled so early is Omersa has athleticism probably the most athletic on the team and yep. if you can if he can stay out of foul trouble and get your rebounds and play good defense. Um, too many blow buys on Hurt and Demir against a, a strong team like Butler. That's yep. my thought. Yep. So my question to that though is, when are we not going to be playing an athletic team? <laughs> well, good news, we but, got <laughs> no, no. Seriously, when are we Central, not going to be playing an athletic Central team? Central Michigan and North Dakota coming up. The, I, and I would argue they probably well, have athletes that are quicker than Michael Hurt. No, and don't get me wrong. No offense to Michael Hurt. Yeah. I mean, awesome kid, great leader. But yeah. anytime he's out on the floor, he is a defensive liability. There's no one that, unless we're playing the cupcakes of of the Southwestern State Baptist State Tech University, yeah. he's going to be a defensive liability. And so at this point, Patino's just got two minutes. That's about all I would give him to. And I better, mm-hmm. once Isaiah Enan comes back, I better not see Michael getting more than two minutes because we need to start investing more time in Demir too. We need to start Trey Williams minutes. Those got to go up. We, yeah. we got to just see what we got with him. Omer's minutes. Those got to go up. Hopefully Enan's wrist is fine and okay. We got to see what we can get out of him, but let's play these young guys. Be done with Demir. No offense. Be done with hurt. No offense. And let's let's start seeing what we got. We got a whole season here to yeah. start figuring out, but it's not working with what we got. I think you're right. I think you're right. So two two losses this week. Uh, two at least we found out a lot about the team. Yeah. Uh, well, let's look let's look ahead at it a little bit. And we had a big recruiting week. We yep. have Utah t- uh, Friday night. That's tonight uh, when we're recording here. Yep. And uh, what, what do we got? Eight, eight, up? 8 p.m. Some pack pack ten network. So. I don't even know if that's on DirecTV, my DirecTV package yeah. at all or not. We'll, Take we'll a peek at that. find out, but that'll be a good test. Hopefully they can rewrite the ship for them to go one and three to start. Underdogs three again. In, three in a row. Yeah. Um, that, would be, that would be a huge bummer, but if they can pull off a win, I think they can rewrite the ship because then we go yeah. Central Michigan, we go North Dakota, DePaul. So you got three games there that – um, should be winnable games where we can create a little momentum. Uh, and then we go into the Clemson, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which should be great. And then we jump into uh, the Big Ten season. So a lot of stuff, obviously, I know it wasn't what we wanted. Obviously, we want to win every game. But I think we have enough games before the Big Ten schedule starts mm-hmm. for us to figure ourselves out. Like you said, there's seven new players. I think we can figure ourselves out, get some good positive momentum going into Big Ten and Hopefully, hopefully figure it out. But um, any thoughts with that, or you want to talk? Yeah, I mean, here? yeah, just quickly on the schedule. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the Utah game's big. The right the ship, like you said, rewrite the ship and just get feel good. If you if you go one and two in this road stand, it's not it's not something you feel great about, but it's not a disaster. Correct. If you lose all three, I think it it's kind of a feels like a disaster yes. in the current state. So then you got a couple of easy games, and it's you know as the season goes along, we'll see how these wins or losses look. That's always interesting to see. Uh, these really early games and how 
will they progress? Are these, you know, is Butler going to be a really good team? I think they could be from watching them. Uh, Oklahoma, Utah, you know, these could all be good losses or good wins. Um, So get one of the three. So you got at least one uh, to hang your hat on. So, um, but why don't you give us a little update on the recruit situation? Let's yeah. talk about that a so little bit. So two two recruits, two solid recruits that signed. We had Jamal Mashburn Jr., so that is Jamal Mashburn, the guy out of Kentucky. That's his son. Uh, so four-star recruit out of Miami, 6'2", combo guard. He should be a stud. Fun watching his highlights. I think he brings a lot to the table. He's super athletic. Um, good shooter, a driver, a scorer. I like him a lot. I would love to see him in maroon and gold very soon. I think he could help us right now. I wish uh, we wish he was on our roster today, uh, but he's not. But that was a great pickup for Coach Patino. Also, Martise Mitchell, uh, four-star recruit, top five prospect out of Illinois. He's a 6'10 guy, so we're bringing in another big guy, another 6'10 guy, um, <laughs> maybe to replace Sam Freeman. I don't know. Um, but we're bringing all these big guys, and I, I just wonder um, – I just wonder, we don't really have a post game per se. We're not, you know, popping it down yeah. to post too much, which makes me wonder why we keep recruiting these big guys. But maybe maybe that's all in the plan. Who knows? And then the biggest recruiting, um, potential recruiting announcement will be coming November 20th when Dawson Garcia had a prior like five-star. Um, he has offers to everywhere in the country. He can pick wherever he wants to go. It's down to four, us, Marquette. Memphis, Indiana. What are your thoughts of us actually landing him? Is this, is this one of those token, I'm going to put Minnesota mm. in my top four just to be friendly and nice? Or do you think we actually have a shot? What's what's your thought here? I think Patino thinks he has a shot because yeah. I've, I've heard a couple of comments uh, off the record, so to speak, at some uh, at the Dunker meeting. He said, you know, don't, read, don't believe everything you read is what his comment was about not getting Minnesota kids. Okay. So at that point, I think he wouldn't have said that unless he thought he had a shot. Okay. Um, so I think there's a reason that third spot's open. Um, however, a lot can change. He's gone to Marquette. He's gone to Indiana. He's gone to uh, I don't, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, time will time will tell. But that'd be a really great class because you get a Minnesota kid, which everyone's going to freak out if they don't get a Minnesota kid yes. in that talented 20 class. Um, and really have a nice – Really, I don't. I'm not sure where they rank today. Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but it's a pretty good class. And that uh, Das and Garcia, um, land, if they landed him, that would make it even better. And yeah, would really complement what they have going here. I kind of like those three kids coming in. Uh, I'd like Das and Garcia to come up from Prior Lake today and go yes. play at the barn on yes <laughs> on Thursday next week. And he probably um, could. He probably could. Yeah. So, but I mean, it'd be good. You know, Petito's recruited well. He's had a couple yep. big misses. And we'll see this class that's coming in right, you know, this freshman class. I don't see a lot of fantastic lands yet, but yep. we haven't seen a lot either. Um, but I think that class coming in looks pretty good. Yep. So would this be in weekend, uh, for time's sake, we can yeah. table it a bit towards next week. But so Patino's great recruiter. He's getting, he's not getting three stars. He's always getting consistent four stars Yep. and hopefully some five stars. So, with that, are four stars good enough for us to be able to compete? So is this more a reflection of Patino's lack of ability to coach these guys? Or are I, we not bringing the right guys I, into it that yeah. fit his system? Or everyone that he's brought in on the roster, these are all four-star guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, you know, I just that's a great question. I, my thought on that is, 
you know, he seems to recruit a type. He knows what players he likes. Yes. Um, I think that's been consistent. I think he's made a lot of audibles based on the situation, though. I don't think he expected Coffee to leave, for example. Yeah. And, and you know, Isaiah Washington didn't pan out. And then he... Now he's he's trying to remake his kind of deal, you know, with a with a new kind of running gun and having fours and fives that stretch the floor. He's said that. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of been a little bit all over the place, but he's good at getting talented kids. I don't think I think he's missing the PJ Fleck factor. I'm gonna call it. I 100. And I think he's you watch him on the sideline at Butler. He you know, and I, I he's I like, not with them. He's not with them. He's just. And he's a young guy, but he doesn't. He has that old school approach of he kind of just looks at him like I hate you. Don't ever do that again. And he, even Gabe, who he praises and is a perfect player on paper for a coachable kid, he gets all over him all the time. He can't help himself. So I think that he doesn't have that understand that you need to connect with these kids and you yep. need to get them to play hard for you and, yep. and gel as a team. And I really worry that I think he thinks that's a lot of fluff. He's almost yep. said it. Uh, yeah, but he's being a little flecknatized, I think, by yeah. f- seeing that it works. I've seen some stuff that he's done that has helped with that. Yeah, but I think that's what he's missing. I think he has the recruits yeah. to make Minnesota a special team. I'm worried about his coaching ability, yeah. uh, but more importantly, his connection with his players and getting the most out of his players and having him play as a team. Absolutely. Um, in fact, I if I was Gabe, I'd be like, screw you. Yeah. Um, but I think he's loyal and goes along. Like I just I just see him how he treats him in, in public and it's like maybe he treats him better in private. I don't know. But yeah. it kinda seems like a whiny guy on the sidelines sometime yes. and I just it doesn't come off well, in my opinion. Yep. So yep. Yeah, and I one hundred percent agree and I, I think uh, and that's this isn't a bash bash coach Patino by any means, but it's unfortunate. You know, you're in the public eye. You're going to have to embrace some of these critiques, and I hope that he, yeah. he does some changes. But uh, I remember when we were at uh, at the NCAA tournament, and we won't give away his his name here in case in case he's listening because he he was our source. But remember, he was on the inside yeah. with Amir Coffee, and that was his thing when he asked him about, "Hey, what do you think about Patino?" And he kind of just laughed and said, yeah, you know, just fluffing off like he's not a big fan. And I take that as I don't think many of them are a big fan of Patino that are that are on the team, which I think they just see him as, hey, I'm here for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I'm here to play basketball. I'm going to stay focused on that. But I don't think anyone loves Coach Patino. You know what I mean? If we talk about Fleck. They love Coach Fleck, right? I don't think there's anyone on the team that would say, gosh, I love Coach Patino, and to your point, I think that's what we're missing. On roster, on paper, we should be playing better. But you look at the body language out of all those guys. There's no one smiling. There's no real sure. Enth- yeah, you have Omersa, which is a one-off, but the rest of them, the body language from everyone, top down, assistant coaches, Coach Patino, all the players, it, the body language is so poor. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, it's that's the problem yeah. with, uh, with Patino and the program. Yeah. I really, I. You're 100 percent correct. It's it's not he does not he's not a communicator and a connector to these kids, and you can tell. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Not one person really has come out and said, you know, this is my team, yeah. so yeah. to speak. I mean, he must the recruits must like him in the uh, in the early goings because yes. they come here. I think the Patino name helps. Yes. Um. So I think there's all that. Um. Uh, you know, the benefits of that of coming to know. You know going to the son of one of the best coaches ever. I think yep. they're, you know, Rick, but the elder comes in. I mean, so these players are like, I can get to the NBA and he can teach me what I know. But as far as getting as much out as possible, 
pretty tough. I mean, the only person I see him, like Jordan Murphy, I never saw him get on him too much, Jordan yep. Murphy. But even if he did, Murphy was the quietest guy ever, and he just kind of went about his business. Yes. And I think that's what Gabe does, just goes yep. about his business. But um, it's a that's a big concern. And his yep. body, body language is everything when you're a leader. Yep. And if you kind of throw your players under the bus and you don't, you know, you can be as hard as you want on them in practice. Yeah. But publicly, I think you got to be a little smarter about how yes. uh, you handle these kids. And Absolutely. you got to take a little time to get to know the person. And I think that's why Fleck is so successful. And yep. then Patino can use a little bit of that. Yes, so, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So uh, that's that's enough with that. I'm sure at some point that will come up. And we hope that Patino can improve in that area just like – None of us are perfect. We all get that, but um, let's we'll try and stay positive and see where it goes. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. We uh, will see you back next week. Obviously, big Gopher game tonight at Utah, 8 p.m. Obviously, the Gopher football game, 3 p.m. on Saturday against Iowa. That will be like we said. Each game gets more and more important, so that'll be fun. Listen for the podcast coming out next week on football, and then a separate one next week on basketball. Thanks for joining us. Go Gophers. Go get them.